0: To all Venn alumni and friends, this is Julia and Sam Bloor welcoming you to Venn Lockdown Radio. (laughs) What was that? I don't
1: know. I was going for something kind of engaging, something that was just kind of going to grab people right from It's not easy picking music for this sort of thing, all. A lot of the best stuff's already taken. This is topical.
0: In. Yes, I get that that's topical.
1: Yeah, and also Crowded House Shields, it works on two levels. Oh, true. <laughs> and this is topical.
0: Yeah, I can see that that's topical, living on a prayer, but you're kind of showing your age there, babe. What about something that a millennial could identify with as well?
1: Something like this song here.
0: Uh, I said millennial, not a child. You do know that I'm a millennial, eh? Yes,
1: you've never let me forget that you're a millennial, Jules.
0: The other thing is, I'm not sure how much radio you've done before, Sam, but it's not supposed to be an actual song with lyrics. It's just supposed to be music that kind of sets the scene, sets Mm. the tone.
1: I know, but a lot of that sort of background music is pretty slow. Or it's pretty French.
0: Okay, Um, didn't John Fox suggest something Latin?
1: No, he suggested something in Latin.
0: Okay, well, look, Nathan and the others are actually waiting for us. So I'm going to do this intro again and you just hurry up and pick something.
1: Okay, here we go. Three, two, one.
0: To all Venn alumni and friends, this is Julia and Sam Bloor welcoming you to Venn Lockdown Radio. I think that that sounds good. I think we've done it. We've
1: done it. it. Thanks for putting up with two and a half minutes of my musical dad jokes. Won't inflict (laughs) that on you every week. That's exactly what that was. They won't have a long (laughs) intro like that, but it won't always have explanations either, but I do feel this week we do have to explain a little bit about what Venn Lockdown Radio is all about. Yes, I think you're right. Well, one of the ideas is that we thought this would be a great way to showcase a little bit of what's going to be coming up in the Common Ground and to hear a bit of background and context to that from some of the staff and other writers in our community that will be putting stuff together for that.
0: Yeah, and the other thing that we thought would be great is actually just hearing voices from our alumni community. So we're going to be catching up with people who have been involved in uh, the VVP, the internship or fellowship, um, summer conference, basically people who have been involved with VEN programs.
1: Yeah, so expect to hear some familiar voices uh, over the weeks. One of the ones that will become very familiar is uh, Nathan McClellan. We're going to be chatting to him each week at the beginning of the program, and he joins us now.
2: How you doing? Good, thanks, Sam, and hello, Julia. How are hello. You yeah, we're doing well. It's great.
1: Hey, how are you and the family adjusting to being in these new circumstances of lockdown?
2: I think adjusting is the right word, actually. We are trying to get into some new rhythms. I think we've been surprised, actually, at how challenging it is with the boys um, being home and with Bronwyn exploring what does it actually look like for her to do some teaching online. She's been teaching at Waikow 5 school this year. So she's actually having to come to grips with what does it look like to teach online I'm trying to get uh, myself organized and Ven organized, and then we've got the boys with us. One thing I will say, the years of investment in Lego um, is really paying <laughs> off now. Um, our, boys are, our boys are just really loving uh, doing, doing various uh, Lego projects and it's been quite cool to see them um, bring out their creative energies as they've been given some little projects by mum and dad to do. So yeah, we're taking a bit of time to adjust. Um, Like many of us, we're also thinking about others um, who are connected to us. Um, Both sets of parents are actually in the the post-70 age bracket. So we're we're wanting to make sure that they're okay. Um, They are, and that's good. They've got good support networks around them. And then also I've been trying to spend a little bit of my time just connecting with other uh, Christian leaders and pastors just to encourage them, as I've been encouraged by them in my life at different times as well. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're slowly but surely, I think, getting into a rhythm, but it's going to take a, a little bit of time for us um, as a family, and it's going to take some time for us to do that as Venn as well. Yeah, what
0: are you thinking? What are you hoping for over this this season?
2: In some ways, I, I feel my, my hopes for this season are not that different than my hopes uh, for the year. At the beginning of the year, I really uh, sensed that this was a year in which I was to pray for renewal for myself, um, for for our family, and also for the church, and maybe even for Aotearoa. And I think that's still my hope, actually, mm-hmm. um, that this would actually be a, a a time or a year. But now that we're in Dealing with COVID-19, this is probably more so the case, if I can put it that way, mm-hmm. a time in which we we do experience something of the renewing of of God's spirit, mm-hmm. and really out of that, to um, out of that renewing work, to be able to live our lives well, um, in a way that that does bring glory to it, to God, and um, is a blessing. Um, to our family, to our communities, to our workplaces, um, to this nation. So that's what I'm. I'm still hoping for. Um, already, it's interesting for me how how much pe- people are talking about the world beyond COVID nineteen and what that's going to look like. And uh, one thing I'm convinced of already, that that world that we hope for, a world in which we live life perhaps better than we have been um, before COVID-19 is only going to arise out of um, taking time to do, some, to do some deep reflecting. And it's apt that we're in the season of Lent because Lent is the, the season when we do that. But I think there are particular dangers already that we just fill up our schedules in different ways and we actually don't take that time to step back to seek God's renewal. And to actually ask, hey, God, what do you want to bake into my life at this time? So that beyond this, um, there there are some things in place that that will last and will help us to live well.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's a a good thing for us to reflect on this week.
1: Yeah, Jules and I are already feeling the tension of that, you know, sort of you could be FaceTiming 24-7 right now or Skyping or Zooming pretty much every minute of the day.
2: Mm. Well it's interesting in the last 2 days I've probably had four to five requests for for meetings with groups of people over Zoom and I'm starting to feel a little bit exhausted by this already and yep. um, I feel yeah <laughs> Yeah and I think it's interesting what Zoom I think enables uh, us to do is to preserve and refresh and maintain community, but I don't think it's going to be great um, for us in terms of building community, so I'm trying to be reflective myself around what what Zoom conversations do I enter into, um, and to really think carefully about, in this time, at, 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 at this, um, in this situation that we're facing, who are, the, who are the people that God really wants me to stay in touch with, and um, to invest in, and I have to say, one of one of those communities is certainly the Venn community. And um, yeah, I'm excited about what might emerge um, from this time for us. But I'm not, yeah, I'm not looking to fill up my life with a whole lot of Zoom conversations, to be honest.
1: Well, look, this this one's probably gone on long enough, then, mate. We'll uh, leave some <laughs> leave some of your powder dry for next week. Look forward to catching up with you then, and uh, tuning in at the beginning of next week's program.
2: Yeah, thank you. And I'm, I'm really excited about this initiative and um, excited to actually hear from uh, alumni and friends. Um, yeah. That's one thing I'm really looking forward to with Ven Lockdown Radio. So thanks, guys. Thank you. See ya. See ya.
1: So one of the things that we're going to be doing regularly is catching up with alumni and friends from various cohorts in the internships and fellowships that have happened throughout the years. And we thought who better to speak to first because you get two for the price of one, (laughs) Ben Harper and Kathy Campbell. Hey guys. How's it going?
0: Good. How are you guys?
3: Uh, Excited.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Doing pretty well. Hey Ben, how long was it that you did the internship? I did it in 2008. 2008. Uh,
4: So since then, uh, I have worked for my dad as a property manager. I went back and did a philosophy degree at Auckland University. I worked in hospitality for a lot of that time um, at Maestro Cafes. Um, I had a job at Hospitality New Zealand. Uh, And recently, I've been working in um, human-centered design at New Zealand Trade and Enterprise.
1: So was it the job in hospitality where we were getting access to some pretty good wine? Was that the... Yeah, that
4: was uh, the tail end of my hospital career. I worked for a wine distribution company, which was a
1: great 18 months. I think. That's right. I can remember putting in some good orders there.
0: I remember you putting in some pretty big orders too.
1: <laughs> it's lent at the moment though. So um, yeah, it's a distant memory we won't talk about. Um, so tell us about the human-centered design um, work, Ben, and how that's changed going into lockdown.
4: Yeah. So um, looking at the way, uh, basically it's experience design um, from the, and I guess it's from the perspective of um, the customer. So actually understanding how a customer experiences um, products or services. And in my line, I'm doing services and going into lockdown. Um, yeah. Keeping on doing the same work uh, remotely, um, which is, um, it's amazing to be able to do that, but it is a little bit tough because it's a, I guess it's a creative, Um, job so
0: Hmm.
4: being able to do it with people in the room uh, can be challenging yeah
0: Kathy it hasn't even been a year since you were here on the fellowship Um, tell us a little bit about what you were doing pre-fellowship and then what you've been doing since you graduated
3: sure thing pre-fellowship I was working at a design agency doing basically what Ben just described yeah I
0: was (laughs) thinking that as he was talking (laughs)
3: And then I needed a bit of time out and I cycled down part of the coast of Oregon and then did the fellowship. Yeah. And then since then had a bit of time off just to kind of think about what I needed to do. Our fellowship went down South and had a little road trip. And then I ended up at zero of the accounting software, which has been a pretty cool journey. It's had moments of kind of getting up to speed with it all and figuring out. Kind of what kind of where my passion lies in doing that type of work, and now I've just been kind of since COVID pretty astounded at the type of business that it actually is in terms of how well they look after their people, making sure we're all set up and like we're all still working, we're also working from home underneath Ben's mum and dad's house. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've never had so many video calls in my life, and I (laughs) never do that again. But yeah him, i think
1: there's going to be a negative association with zoom after this yeah for okay. sure. but there's a bit of an elephant in the room guys uh because this is you know it's cuter than just that you guys have found yourself both working in design um but a relationship kind of blossomed uh when you were on the fellowship kathy kicked off at summer conference as i recall
3: that it did like many before us
1: yeah, well, I mean, everyone always well, asks me why not this. enough to be a cliche, I think, guys. Not no, enough no. to be a cliche, I think this is it's early days. <laughs> well, everyone
4: asked me why I went to 13 in a row, and you know,
0: finally, you don't need to go back again now,
5: eh?
1: You didn't notice you at the last one, Ben. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so true,
0: <laughs> hey, but so, uh, what happened on the day before lockdown for you guys?
4: Uh, yeah, so I, um. <laughs> I proposed to Gaffey.
1: Yay! Cue <laughs> sound of champagne corks going off.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, did
1: you We've say yes? We've had plenty champagne in the last week, i tell you that.
3: You did say yes? I did say yes. I think I said yes, Ben Roland Harper, I will marry you.
1: <laughs> yeah. oh, oh. So it had been brewing, but mate, the, the announcement came and what, you just had to pull it forward. Yeah, basically I got, got the ring
4: on Monday um, went over to my parents' house um, to show them the ring and, and had Jacinda on the TV telling us all that we were going into lockdown. So I knew that I sort of had to get a move on mm. um, if we were going to be able to celebrate with anybody. I'd been waiting a long time to do it. So it just made sense to speed things up.
0: So great. Well, is it, was it, um, Kathy? you posted on Instagram what was it he locked it in before a day before lockdown or something
3: (laughs) yeah success (laughs) yeah it was good it was a picnic in the park care of some alphabet dating little hints from a p-date and yeah
1: not the drug (laughs) 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 so good and i thought i was the first one to think of love in a time of corona but uh, coronavirus but no alas not ben no no There's a, my brother my brother thought he came up with it as well but um, yeah
4: loving loving the time of
1: Corona <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man so good guys thanks for joining us for this it's just been yeah great to talk to you and I know there'll be people who chase you down to get the full story it's which good... we've been privileged enough to hear
0: it's a good one <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah absolute pleasure guys thanks hey we'll see ya See ya.
0: One of the things that we wanted to do with Venn Lockdown Radio is talk with families within the alumni community. I thought it would be helpful for me, (laughs) and so I figured it would be helpful for you guys as well to talk about how lockdown is going with having small people around us all of the time, but also actually asking to share some tips on how how do we do this well? How do we get through this period and still remain strong and healthy in ourselves, but also as family units? And so the first people that we thought we would chat to are Beth and Tuhi Isaacson. Hi, guys. Hey, team.
1: Hey. Hey, how's uh, lockdown been going for you guys? Yeah, as a family, we've been in lockdown
6: for a couple of weeks now because I travelled to Sydney earlier this month. So in our little bubble, um, there's myself. We've got our three girls, five, four, two. uh, And Beth is also 23 weeks pregnant. So, you know, we're fortunate in some ways because of our stage of life. Beth's ordinarily at home, homeschooling. So we've had sort of some sort of routine already in place. Yeah. Um, so but to be honest, this, this happened so fast that it actually threw us. Um it took us a while to come to grips with what this actually means across so many facets of our life, our family job, you know, yeah. charities, um, livelihoods. And my analytical brain especially went into a bit of overdrive. So felt a sense of sort of overwhelm and anxiety, which is slowly being replaced with a sense of hope as we um, adjust to this new normal. Mm.
0: Yeah, it is a big shift, eh? And even, like you said, Beth has been homeschooling, as I have as well. Um, It's still a big shift because we don't actually spend our days at home. (laughs) We only have one day a week that we're at home at our house. But um, how are you going with that, Beth? And do you have any tips that you might be able to share with us, especially because you are around your children a lot of the time? You might be a little bit ahead of the game there.
5: Yeah, you know, I do I do feel fortunate that we've been having a, a go at homeschooling already, and I want to echo what too, he's been saying. I have felt some level of sort of overwhelm, um, but I'm thankful for a few things that we've started to establish, and, and one of them is um, just trying to anticipate the kids' needs before we kind of arrive at a crisis, and that just sort of looks like for us maintaining quite a strong routine. It doesn't mean we do the same activities every day at the same time, but we do have points where we're doing the same thing. So whether it's yep. we all eat breakfast, we all have morning tea, we all have lunch, um, and just trying to recognize that each of them have specific needs at their particular age and kind of reminding each other, oh look, Katie's four, that's the age according to the Gordon Newfeld time uh, attachment theory, that she really needs to know that she's significant. So how are we right. making sure we meet that need in this particular um, season? Um, so that that's helping in terms of um trying to prevent the complete meltdown, so I don't have a tantrum. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, we don't always win, and in, in which case we just have to ride those emotional waves which just come thick and fast. Um, But we also try and use circuit breakers. So if we see um, something starting to spiral, we'll do things like, all right, you're going to do the 100 jump challenge and jump out on the trampoline and get them to sort of break up what they've just been doing and then transition into something new. So I've I've been finding trying to anticipate when an activity is likely to start wearing thin and moving before it's got to that point. Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's cool, Those, um, the, the attachment parenting, um, the six stages that children move through. I see that you've sent that through to me. So I'll put that link up for people to be able to have a look at that and work out where their children fit within that so that they can um, be aware of what their needs are at their age and stage.
5: Yeah,
1: super helpful. Hey, Tuhi, you're set up in the garage, is that right? I'm actually
6: on my third workspace now, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, after all... Being after demoted? Being demoted. Um, I've been demoted. Yeah, yeah. So we have just sort of been um, iterating and figuring out what works and what doesn't work. So it didn't work with the trampoline right outside the garage. <laughs> didn't work in our, um, in our master bedroom for another reason. Didn't work in um, in the third space. I'm now in my fourth space actually. Uh, and the kids are sort of getting used to it. You know, they're not used to having to knock on the door when Dad's at home. They're used to yeah. just having to barge in. And um, now they knock on the door. They still barge in, but at least, <laughs> at least they
1: knock first.
0: And so it's small steps. Yeah
1: yeah and numbers of numbers of folks already that i've shared with friends in the community and others are just saying that this is um sometimes harder to be at home but not available than away yeah
6: yeah that, that totally makes sense because you want to be with your kids and um we're having to find that you know in my in my normal sort of working day i'm not actually getting through a lot of work sometimes so i just have to be okay with that and be there for the kids yeah unfortunately um, i've got a really um you know accommodating and understanding employer so we're flexible Um, and yeah we've just had to learn to be a bit gentle with ourselves and if i can't get back to that email within within five minutes which i would have liked to it actually doesn't matter Um, people understand
0: yeah it takes a whole shift day yeah a whole mindset shift in the way that we're working and the way that we're doing life Hey, thanks guys so much for chatting with us. It's been very lovely to catch up with you. We're hoping to catch up with other alumni families over the next few weeks and find out how they're coping and if they have any tips to share with us. Andrew Shamey is a senior teaching fellow at Venn. He has been around forever. So if you've had anything to do with Venn, I'm sure you know exactly who he is. Andrew, how are you and Rach going with settling into lockdown?
7: Well, um, Julia, hi. Hi like lots of people i think it's been a range of emotions so each day and each hour in the day feels quite different um we've you know had the the range of feeling energized and we're at the beginning of an adventure through to feeling lost and disorientated um, anxious and fearful but actually overall we're doing really well so rachel is um, doing great with the three kids. She's doing most of the homeschooling for them. They've got a great structure. The kids seem to be enjoying that. And we've settled into a strange sort of um, piece, really. Uh, Like going for walks and um, the weather's been great. Um, We've both noted that it's a bit odd when the whole country is describing your normal lifestyle as quarantine. Um, <laughs> well, the, the, the shift has not been as great as I think it has been for some people um yep. so so we're doing actually really well but we'll we'll see how we go in in the next couple of weeks
0: yeah oh that's good to hear
1: hey mate the piece that you wrote in the last you know the, the first episode of the the common ground the newsletter that came out um the c.s lewis piece was just great um you know, Thank personally, you. I was really, yeah, Im- impacted by it. Um, reminded of it again. Familiar, of course, with the essay, but was like, man, this is just so, so good. Um, so if you're listening and you haven't read it yet, go back to that um, email that came out, The Common Ground, and uh, make sure that you do read that piece. What drew you sort of back to Lewis's essay?
7: Yeah, um, thanks, Sam. Uh, I think probably like many of us, I in the first couple of days of of the sort of lockdown, um, I just found it really hard to concentrate, I found, you know, as I say in the piece, I was checking my phone all the time, you know, every sort of five minutes getting updates, um, and realizing I, I needed to find a way to have some, um, continue to do the work that I feel called to do that I've been doing for many years now, um, but in the midst of this really chaotic and 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 frightening time, so I I remember Lewis um, did the sermon um, at the beginning of World War II to um, students at Oxford, uh, where he talks about learning in wartime. That's a that's the name of the sermon, mm. and he ha- asks us the question of what is the value of learning in in wartime, and how do we go about doing it when when the world seems so fraught and so fragile, and our friends and family. Um, At risk, Um, and for the students, in in particular ways, they themselves might have been, you know, called up at any moment. How do you go about learning under those conditions? So, I think for me, I felt I was looking for some help to think. Quite personally, how do I go about thinking about the coming weeks and months? But as I reread the sermon, um, as Lewis so often does, I just found him giving such uh, great perspective. On the moment, um, the, where, his own moment, World War ii but then our moment here, and just really pointing out that actually life is always fraught with danger; it's always um, risky. Um, the World War ii has not really actually introduced a new condition into the human uh, world; it's just sort of uh, amplified and aggravated certain conditions. And he mm. and he suggests that we also live in a world that's full of drama, um, that we're a world full of eternal drama all of us are um uh part of a story with eternal consequences so i found that that really helpful for me just to reframe some of uh, the moment uh, we're in i I, one of the sort of human impulses when something new happens is to we need stories that make sense of it and Mm -hmm. one of the things i've i've found with myself is that my my stories through which I've, I've made sense of my own life, um, what, what can I expect, you know, what should I be doing, haven't quite been able to cope with a global pandemic. Um, I've been having feelings of disbelief and you know, how can this be happening? Feelings of things not quite feeling real. It doesn't feel real that we're in this situation. It doesn't feel real that I'll be um, locked down in my house for the next three weeks. And that to me is actually revealing that maybe my story that I'm living out of um, is not large enough or not um, deep enough or complex enough to make sense of life as it actually is. And I just found Lewis's um, sermon good at reorientating me to, to some, some ways of thinking about the human story in our world that seem more grounded in reality, that we are fragile, mm-hmm. that death is a reality for us all, um, that we are, live lives in the backdrop of, of drama all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's important to get the story right because then we, we know perhaps better how to live. You know, mm-hmm. if that's a story we're part of, don't put your reliance into things that, are, um, that aren't gonna be able to cope when things go wrong focus on eternal things, but also focus on good things like family and, and other things. So I just found that, that reframing, um, really helpful. And, and, and that's what I've always found so helpful from Lewis, just this offering perspective. So that's, that's sort of why I I turned to that article.
1: There, that's so good. You forget I've, I'd forgotten it was a sermon. I, I think I referred to it earlier as a, as an essay or sort of an article. But um, do you know whether it's available actually as a sermon? Have they got recordings still of that particular one? I've heard him in other clips, but not that one.
7: Yeah, I haven't. I haven't found it um, as a sermon recorded sermon. So it was published um, within a collection of some of his sermons as um, as written in written form. Um, but no, there's no recording that I'm aware of.
0: Bummer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> been cool. Hey, what are, what um is the next piece that you're working on?
7: Yeah, so I've I've haven't sort of touched my blog for the last six years and just have felt inspired to <laughs> to, to, to dust it off. Um and so I, I just today um did posted some of the um articles I've been reading and find helpful, just uh, some summaries of those. Uh, four articles I've read over the last week, but I'm working on a a piece at the moment, um, comparing sort of some modern ways we talk about courage. So what does it mean to have courage? Mm -hmm. Um, Using Steve Jobs, um, one of his graduation speeches, I think from 2005, he talks about courage in a particular way, modern way, and comparing it with sort of Christian courage or biblical courage, using Abraham uh, as example. I sort of, use the ploy of having Abraham delivering a graduation speech. What would he say about courage? Um, and they actually have quite different accounts of courage. And so there's a challenge there yeah. for us who call Abraham the father of our faith, um, to think about what does courage look like for us as Christians, particularly wow. in a, a time that's demanding of all of us courage. Hey, mate,
1: look, we want to thank you for, for what it is that you're doing. And I, I particularly, not everyone listening will know, Andrew, that you and Rach were supposed to be on sabbatical as we speak. And, yeah. of course, the events have, have meant that you weren't able to do that. And so to be home uh, to be home in lockdown, which, you know, you're joking, isn't uh, a, a million miles away from your regular life, but it is a million miles away from sabbatical. And so yeah. thanks, mate, for continuing to write and, and to be um, helping us all with this stuff as you process it and pass that on.
7: Thanks for that. I appreciate that, Sam. Cheers.
0: Olivia Byrne is the Communications and Marketing Manager at Venn, and we have her on the line right now. How are you going, Liv? Good, thank you, Jules. How's lockdown treating you?
8: Pretty good, pretty good. Um, I've moved into my fiancé Sam's apartment with his sister Haley. They have a spare library. It's their grandparents' apartment. And um, so that we've moved a bed, in and uh, it means I get to look out onto Kowmarama Beach, oh, see all the. Uh, it is. It's pretty nice, and you see the countless police officers who are telling all the beachgoers off for sunbathing and swimming in the water. So it's quite good entertainment. Yes. That's
0: yep. interesting, eh? I keep thinking because I haven't really left the house and so I haven't seen what's actually going on out there, but I hear these stories. I'd like to have them. If a...
1: I can't be at the beach, then a policeman should be stopping anyone else going to the beach too. <laughs> thinks, uh, I just agree, just I agree. Part of being in a democracy.
0: <laughs> but the Kowie
8: locals really like to have their rights to the beach, so produces uh, some tense moments, you
1: can imagine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so um, what's coming up in the weekly newsletter?
8: Mm, well, we're, it's it's been a lot of fun, actually, um, preparing Common Ground uh, newsletter, which is going out on this coming Saturday. Um, we get to hear from some pretty amazing voices in our community, um, some past alumni, some current staff, and um, hear what they are thinking about and reflecting on in this current moment. Mm. Um, so in this upcoming blog, um, or upcoming newsletter, sorry, we've got Jane Silloway-Smith, who some people might recall used to work for. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah,
8: yeah. Yeah, so she's going to be writing um, a piece from a perspective in California, which is a week ahead from New Zealand in lockdown. Yes. So she's sharing a few notes or rules of life from her lockdown experience.
1: Well, look, we might try to get her on the program for next week so that she can give a bit of background to that and flesh that out a little bit more in next week's Common Ground.
8: Oh, yeah, I mean, she's um, she's got some amazing thoughts and she reflects on things really, really well. Um, so I'm sure you'll love the article and love hearing her on the radio as well next week. Um, we've also got a couple of pieces coming through from us, some of our staff members. So um, Luke Fenwick has written a staff note reflecting on um, Philippines. For those of you who've sat under Luke's teaching, I'm sure you'll really enjoy that piece. Um, we've also got John Dennison uh, our senior teaching fellow, based down in Wellington, he's going to be sharing a little bit about what it means to love your family members, well, including your children and your spouse, <laughs> when you're stuck at home.
1: If he's got any tips for what you have to do when you're sitting too close together in your walk-in wardrobe recording a podcast, hey, Liv,
8: I thought that'd we were going to let people
0: know we were
1: recording <laughs> it from our wardrobe.
8: <laughs> he's actually writing directly to that, so it's funny Perfect. you mentioned it. Perfect. <laughs> we also um we've we've got a lot of artists in our community, which is pretty amazing. Um they're drawers, they're sculptors, they're poets, they're um, painters, and um some of them have actually been creating some pretty fun content coming out of this lockdown period. And one of those people is Ashley Tuck, who is a past intern. Yes and she's um created a pretty cool comic um just talking about what it means to be a T-Rex when you're trying to respond to lockdown. So she's she's got a good sense of humor. She knows how to draw things well. And I think you'll enjoy um, some of those kind of more fun artistic reflections as well.
1: Oh, that's great. I like it that we're keeping things a little bit light. In fact, Liv, one of the ideas I had was that people email you sort of memes of the week and we could actually talk about them in your spot each week on the radio program. And, you know, i would just already seen some memes like, you know, if this carries on much longer, then the parents are going to beat the scientists to a vaccine. You know, just things like that that are doing the rounds. You know, I know you do need to take something like this seriously, but I think it's also important to be able to keep, um, humor. you know, humour in the mix.
8: Mm, that's a great idea. Good uh, good use of the word meme there as a Gen Xer as well, Sam. And
1: Thank Chris. you. Yeah, it's my word of the day. <laughs>
0: Hey Liv, um, what's the feature article this week?
8: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, we've got one of our more recent um, senior teaching fellows on board for this one. Um, Andre Miller is based down in Wellington, and he um, is a great thinker, a great teacher, um, and has a, a really a beautiful writing style. And he's actually going to be writing a feature article on Holy Week, which begins this Sunday. And that's a it's a funny thing about this lockdown period. We um, our life feels like it's been upturned in some ways, but yet the liturgical seasons just continue on. So um, we're almost nearing the end of Lent. Um, we've got Holy Week starting on Sunday. And then the week after that, we'll be doing our whole Common Ground as like a feature on Easter. And how do you enter into that season well as a family as well?
0: Wow, well, great. I am looking forward to reading all of that. Thanks so much for joining us, Liv.
8: Oh, thank you for having me. And enjoy your walk-in wardrobe. <laughs>
0: Thank you.
1: Well, we got there.
0: We got there. We're at the end of the first program of Venn Lockdown Radio.
1: As we mentioned, it is a little longer than we will be most weeks. We've just had to sort of introduce everything properly, explain as we've gone along. Uh, We won't insult your intelligence every week and do that to you every time. But really looking forward to next week's programme.
0: Yes, from our walk-in wardrobe to wherever you are right now, have a great week and we'll catch you next time. Bye.